on Big V Racing. Green light on with Dan Malicki. It is nine past twelve, and Big B Racing with Sean Cosco, Maddie Stewart today, and uh, we're going to take a look at harness racing. The man to do that, as always, is Dan Malicki. G'day, Dan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Sean. A beautiful day, and it looks like Saturday's going to be good. They reckon about thirty, and just perfect weather for the big night, the uh, the night pistol, the group two. Yeah, what a great horse night pistol was. I been looking at it, just a couple of replays again reminding myself of how good how tough he was he, he was um, an incredible racehorse he he put australia on the map um overseas he put uh, karen manning on the map overseas and uh, was one of the toughest and most exciting uh, horses i think i've ever seen I, I couldn't imagine anybody say a bad word about night pistol and it's not bad for the old fellas too because he kept punching on until he was about 12 sean so he flew the flag for all the gray beards and he didn't get any uh, less stronger as he got older either. Now, the there's first, a, there's sorry, a monument yeah. to him made out of horseshoes, isn't there? <laughs> I was worried with uh, that last word for a second there. I could tell Matt was thinking it was <laughs> no, going awry. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> horseshoes, Daniel, stay, was, stay in your lane, son. It was horseshoes. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and particularly around the, the stall area. Yeah. Uh, that's where he came from initially. And, and then, of course, ended up just uh, down the road at, at Great Western as well, or, or up the road, whichever the way <laughs> you're looking from. Um, and uh, you're right, yeah, there'd be so many uh, monuments. And uh, to, to be truthful, whatever you're going to build for him, something had to be as strong as steel or stronger. So I reckon that the horseshoes were appropriate. I, re- I remember the first time I visited the Manning property at Great Western, uh, it was when White Night Pistol was going around, and I was amazed at just how steptoe and sunnish the property was, Dan. It's just, it's functional, yeah. isn't it? It's uh, There's a couple of car carcasses lying around, and the horses uh, were just yeah. attached to, just to poles, mm. you know? The, the, and it was a very, just sort of a very laid back, but the one thing that stuck out to me was the amazing, he used to do heat training, train them three yeah. or four times a day, and the, the track which went through the forest was huge. It would be bigger than Menangle, and it, and I asked him, "What's the secret?" It was, to, yeah, 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 yeah. And there was uh, skeletons of tractors all around the place. And thank um, God you said he, tractors. Yeah, well, that's that was what was <laughs> above the ground. Um, there, uh, he sort of revolu- revolutionised the training there as well, um, uh, Pete. Because almost every other trainer I know nowadays, if some weren't already doing it, uh, he was working them in the sand, and that that really caught on uh, across Australia. But also to do those two heats, um, there's very few trainers now that don't work their horses that way. So. For what he was able to do with, with his paces, and he was very successful with his two-year-olds, Night Pistol was the first trotter he ever had. Um, and he's got uh, a trotter called Plymouth Chubb with uh, his daughter Karen driving it on Saturday in the race that's named after the great horse. And race seven Saturday night is the Elder Baron Park, the Night Pistol, and it's a group two race. Hey, just before we talk about that, the, the hot horse at the moment, and it's interesting because we've been like a dog with a bone on Emma Stewart with Captain Ravishing. And I had a chat to her the other day and I just kept trying to hammer home this. Because I don't, I think there's a high level for when harness racing peaks a lot of outside interest. And I think he's on his way, Captain Ravishing. But I still think the thing that will everyone will stand up and take notice of is, is if they embark on this American odyssey with Captain Obvious and a few of his superstar stablemates. And I, I revisited the discussion with Emma Stewart after Captain Ravishing. She won four other races on the night. But 
after Captain Ravishing's amazing performance the other night, I had another chat to her, and this is advancing a bit. This is what Emma said the other day uh, on Racing Pulse. Uh, if not the head, is probably one of the top three. You know, uh, it's something we, we are considering. Um, you know, it takes a long while to sort of sort that sort of thing out, and we sort of wait for Ladies in Red to come back now because she'd be one we'd take as well. So uh, he's definitely, definitely one of the main uh, horses that we take. Well, he's got ladies and red he's got to compete against and, and the Lost Storm's an up-and-comer as well. So, uh, you know, they're all different age groups, but, you know, they're the top three that we take. So, just before I go to you, Dan, Cosy, mm. you know, you've been around a long time and there are certain missions that mm. everyone gets interested in, even if they're not interested in the automatically in the pursuit itself. I, I actually think if this happens, because these horses, that they've got a supersonic. If, yep. if, if Emma and Clayton were to take a group of horses and wipe the floor in the States. They've got all their visas. They're doing all these, this groundwork. That would be really captivating, wouldn't it? Oh, Maddie, I think it, we love international bouts. doesn't yeah, matter what it is, whether exactly. it's a, a boxing match, whether it's one of our athletes going over to compete at the World Championships, the Olympic Games, whatever. Um, you know, Jessica Watson sailing around the world. We love the Aussies beating someone at the America's Cup. It's it just we want to take on the world and beat them. So if we can do that with these horses, and the other thing, the other night I looked and I watched Captain Ravishing. I've got to be honest. This one name kept coming to mind. I kept thinking, yeah, popular arm, popular arm. Mm. I just kept looking and thought, gee, you remind me a little bit of Poppy. Dan, what did you think? Am I being stupid by saying that? No. Well, I've mentioned Christian Cullen, and mm. the reason I've mentioned Christian Cullen is because of his point to point speed. And Christian Cullen probably had one of the greatest pacing cadences I think anyone would have ever seen. The only other one that would have been close in that sense would have been Paleface Adios, which, oddly enough, there's a feature race named after Saturday night at Menangle. But Popular Arm, Pro Chevalier, they covered the ground with speed um, and class and quality and Look, it's too early. I mean, it's almost unfair, and Matt pointed it out last week or the week before, the card sort of put in front of the horse. Mm. But he's heading that way. Right now he's doing things that you've seen the aforementioned horses uh, do before, and it's it's uh, right that we uh, include him in that sort of breath. But as far as the CVs and the records go, he's a long way off. But he might go a long way towards that. This preparation, if he can win the Chariots of Fire and the Miracle Mile, which are his main targets right now, and then the Eureka later on down the track. So he could end up with a couple of million dollars in the bank before the end of the year, but so too could a number of other horses. But no, I, I agree. I think that's the great thing when you w- watch a horse uh, like a Captain Ravishing. You can have your own opinion of a horse that he might remind you of, or he could be the best mm. horse since you know your, your previous most favourite horse. And I think we've all got... Uh, other champions that we can relate to where Captain Ravishing goes because he does things outside the norm of a, uh, a, a great horse. He's got these characteristics to make them freaks. And he's on, in a very positive sense, he's got freakish talent. And he's still on the up. That's the probably most frightening part of it, yet the most exciting part of it. Um, he hasn't met his zenith yet. He, he's a fair way off it, I think. Um, he's only had 13 starts. He's got to get better. Likelihood is going to get faster and have a whole preparation, break records in Australia, get group ones in Australia, and as, as Matt pointed out, he'll be the right horse to go to the US in time. What I find exciting about him is when you looked at his last couple of runs before he came down to Emma and uh, Clayton, he was up in Sydney, and he had sort of the, the winkers on the eye coverings, and uh, he didn't see other horses coming. He was doing a lot wrong. And then he's come down here, she's put him in, opened him up in an open bridle, the whole thing. 
and he went around like a, a dorky kid the first time. What am I doing? Where am I? What's going on? But every run, he's just found something. He seems to have improved. A lot of good horses, they get to a level, and they not so much plateau, but they don't improve drastically from run to run. This horse looks like he's improving enormously each start, not only ability-wise, but mentally. He's just putting it all together. I'll come back to get your reaction to that in a moment, Dan, because they're almost set here at Shepparton for the uh, the Greyhounds of the boxes and about to load here for the uh, third. Now, one space, Kabang, 220, two Gold Coast, 14, three out, four Clemens, 16, five All Day Drive, 26, six Riders, one 280, seven Global Charm, 14, eight Confound, 650. Favourite the red, one space, Kabang, it's $2.20 as we go to Shep for the third. Good on you, Sean, and a uh, warm welcome to our radio audience. It's race number three. It's a warm day here at Shep. We're down to the third on the program and a field of seven with Space Kabang in the red jacket, the favourite way. It's the Top Cat video, race number three, so loading up here. And uh, getting close, winners thus far, our boy Billy and also Yeah the Boy. We're down to the third, almost set to go. Space Kabang's had the eight goes, the last start winner at Bendigo. We'll run favourite from the inside, Light and Lua, here we go. This is race three at Shepparton, set. Racing and Space Kabang away moderately on the inside, and it's Golden Coast who leads out. Global Charm moves up on the outside from Space Kabang, who just got hemmed up a little, and so did Global Charm as the leader Golden Coast got away. Now going through Space Kabang second from Confound and further back Clemens as they turn. Global Charm a long way back with Riders one and also all day dry, but it's all Golden Coast who beats Space Kabang and Confound at a photo second and third. Riders one, I think fourth. Then Global Charm all day drive, and Clemens back there as well. 22-24 and an easy one to Golden Coast. 2-1 at 8, number 2 Golden Coast 1570, 1 Space Kabang 160, 8 Confound is $2.90, uh, there won't be a third do we though? Dan, uh, what I'm saying about Captain Ramsey, that's what I find exciting is I think he, he just finds more every run whereas a lot of horses don't find as much as what he's improved. No, well he's only had 13 starts even now, he was first up the other day and I can guarantee you he looked like a horse that really needed the run and you could see it was a searching uh, hit out, it was treated like uh, amazingly it was a $100,000 race but uh, a bit like a trial where they really wanted to give him uh, a stronger hit out as possible to get him right also for the Chariots of Fire so whatever you th saw the other day and however you were taken and excited by it I can assure you there's two or three lengths improvement left in him from that race he just has to, he's so early on and his preparation being first up and even from the chariots of fire i can see that he'll find another length or so as he heads towards the miracle mile as dan, well dan i'm not sure if it works the same way in the in the uh, the pacing world as it does in the thoroughbred world but if if we had the, the thoroughbred version of captain ravishing with his pedigree uh, say heading to royal ascot or somewhere there'd be a stud deal as part of the attraction yeah. of doing it would that be some motivation for uh, the trainers of the horse and the owners if they went to America that he could be if he if he does the right things over there could he be worth a lot of money at stud in the USA Oh, without a doubt, Matt. Yeah, no doubt at all. Uh, he could be worth anything. We're talking, um, you know, when you talk millions of dollars figures in uh, harness racing, it's a lot. But I think you're talking significant millions. He could be worth, even as a stud prospect now, because he is a Group 1 winner, and that could change and vary over the course of the next couple of months, particularly if he wins a Miracle Mile. But as a potential stallion, um, I don't think it's unreasonable to think he'd be somewhere in the, the five, 5 million to 10 million range. If he goes overseas, that could triple. Um, and that's for a harness horse. And look, I'm not the, 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 the breeding expert, but to be able to get a horse 
to go to the US and win feature races and more importantly run the time um, and then to be that dual uh, hemisphere stallion as you know how well they have been um, rated in thoroughbred racing but here the the ability to use the frozen semen and the like you know he, he could just be worth and he could be a $30,000 a serve stallion which would be unheard of you know what he is to, he, I'm in love with Flightline the American mm. to me there's I keep thinking of flight line when I think of Captain Ravishing. God, we are putting the cart before the horse. Touch wood, <laughs> early crow, yeah, stop early Now I'm doing it. Hey, um, tell us more about the night pistol race on Saturday night. Well, this is for the Trotters. It's a small but good feel. It's a pretty even bunch here. Um, I mentioned Plymouth Chubbs Engage, trained by Peter Manning and, and driven by Karen Manning, and it's got a chance. It'll probably be the outsider of the field, but only just double figures, so they've all got chances. I think Elder Baron Zeus looks well-placed, owned by Duncan McPherson's and bred by uh, Elder Baron Lodge, so Elder Baron Zeus can win this race. I think it'll be very hard to beat. You've got the Kiwi Majestic Man, who was terrific winning the Dullard Cup two starts ago. It's likely to start favourite, and my Mufasa Metro, who from a wide gate burned across in the Great Southern Star Final and ran so well. Uh, he was huge odds on that occasion, but there's no reason to think he couldn't burn across the face of the field and run well again. Olavici had no luck in his heat of the Great Southern Star, and Sundon's courage, he doesn't win out of turn, but he's still got what's needed to be able to win a race like this, particularly from Barrier 1. So it's an intriguing race, a smallish field of eight, but a really good field, and it'll be a good betting race. You could back three of them maybe still miss the winner. Hey Dan, there's a horse going around the race after ex Kiwi. Andy Gath's got him, and he's heading for six or seven runs. Outlaw Man, he looks as though he could be pretty smart. Yeah, look, he's putting together a picket fence. He's won five in a row. In fact, since he's been here, he's had seven starts and he's won six of them, uh, which is an extraordinary record. And then he gets the good gate, barrier one, utilising the Metro claim of Jordan Leadham there as well. So he looks ideally placed. And that's one thing Andy can do. He can place his horses uh, well. And he's got the right horse, this ex-Kiwi, who's charging through his classes. So there's every chance that he can continue that picket fence and and be able to win again. But I think he'll be backable just the same because he's up slightly in class. Is Catch a Wave the one that knocked off Captain Ravishing? Uh, or am no. I thinking, sorry, I've got another one in my. What was the Leap name? Leap to Fame. Leap, Leap to, to Fame sorry. won the Derby. That's right, yep. yeah. Uh, yep. so, well, back to Catch a Wave. That was a bad segue from me. He's, um, he's one of the stars of the Paleface Adios Stakes uh, uh, on Edmund Angle. Yeah, all the Victorians are in that race. Uh, the top four go through to uh, the Chariots of Fire the week after to meet Captain Ravishing, who got automatic uh, exemption because he won the four-year-old bonanza at Melton last week. So you've got Catch a Wave, he's Charlie's Angel, interest-free, he's a son of a gun, as the Victorian horses. But you've also got top-line New South Wales paces. Uh, Rip is involved there. A uh, very good one in Can't Find a Better Man, which is appropriate because that's the, the title of the music that you hear at the start of green light on better man um invitation only uh, i thought he was terrific at his australian debut last week he did so many things wrong and still ran well behind captain ravishing so he draws barrier number one so that's a terrific race top four going through to meet uh, captain ravishing in that chariots of fire the week after but i think catch a wave has shown not dissimilar to to uh, to ravo uh, as the way he's progressed, because he always looked like a, a boy in a man's body, catch a wave. He was always 
physically well built and his mind was a little way behind, but I think it's, it's, it's caught up now and uh, we've seen that at his last few starts and particularly his win in that 1200 metre race, the Mercury 80 last week. He was another suburb away at the halfway point and he had the race done and dusted at the 100, so he's at the top of his game. Hey, uh, Cozzy, do you like what uh, Dan and I are working on there with uh, the nickname that Dan just Ravo for Captain Ravishing? <laughs> Ravo? Yeah. I know you've been driving him mad to do that, haven't you? You'll torture him. I think it. I just want it to catch on, and I want to be able to say when he wins every race in America in three years' time that I was the originator of the Ravo. <laughs> you know, the front page of you know with Farlett, front page of the Herald Sun, Ravo conquers US. Yep. And Dan, that's going to be a good segue to when we get buckets more on a little bit later to take us through his uh, rides at uh, Packenham tonight, because Buckets is going to tell us the origin of the nickname, and Cosy's come up with a list of great <laughs> nicknames as well. So. Now, uh, Daniel, I read for us there too. Yeah, I do. Uh, thanks to the support of Lower Long Farms, uh, Cosy, who, on behalf of Lauriston Bloodstock, are proud to present three yearlings from their most prized family at the Melbourne Nutrien Sale from April 1 to April 3. Famed matriarch and former Australian broodmare of the year, Aston Villa, is the dam of lot 521. This sharp colt by American Ideal is a half-brother to six winners, including resident sires, poster boy and Yankee rock star. Juvenile star born to rock and roll and group one placed Yankee showgirl. Herself the dam of lot 488 at the Melbourne sale, a stylish filly by Always Be Mickey. Vegas Diamond, a daughter of Yankee showgirl and half-sister to two-year-old Breeders' Crown champion school captain, is the dam of lot 475. This flawless American ideal filly offers another rare opportunity to access the highly esteemed family. Detailed information on each lot, including pedigrees, photos and videos, will be available at nutrientequine.com.au and on-farm inspections are welcome by appointment. Lower Long Farms, where quality is our priority. Hey, uh, sorry, Cosy. So you should catch a wave of Ben in the Hunter Cup the other night, Dan. Uh, look, I think he would have added a really good promotional aspect to it. He would have been a 12, 13, 15 to 1 shot drawn the back line, maybe with more support the front line. And yes, I would have put him in there because it would have created more talk. I think there was more um, avenues to ha- have uh, uh, promotional opportunities, whether that's through uh, the radio, the talk, whether he would win or not, but it would create the talk. It's a bit like putting a three-year-old in the Cox Plate. Sometimes, should they be there? Shouldn't they be there? If you went on the... Um, uh, the criteria that's probably used to pick the field now, so you think would never have won his first Cox Plate or been given that opportunity. So, yeah, I would have had him in there for sure. And, you know, there were a number of horses that went around at 100 to 1. He would have been under 20 to 1. So, yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. And he showed, look, he was in the right race and he showed how good he is. And uh, he's a very exciting horse. If if, if Captain if Revo wasn't around, Matt, I think we'd be uh, mentioning Catch a Wave as being the next best thing. Keep it up, Revo. Keep it up. Oh, funny the things you see at the corner of your eye. The previous race at Yonk which was on the blue screen out the corner of my it was won by a horse called Yes. Why Yes? Hey, uh, Dan, uh, Cozzy, actually, hmm. there's only one place to be on Saturday night in Australia, this Saturday night, and that's Hobart, because Malecki and Stewart <laughs> will be cruising the town on the eve of the uh, Hobart. Hobart Cup, because we're OBing on correct weight from 10 to 12 on Sunday. You so if you want to see a glimpse of Dan Malecki in the flesh, you may see him and at any number of night spots around Hobart. probably every chance will be in the flesh at some stage, too. Yeah. <laughs> you two get there together. Uh, Your words oh, never oh, spoken. That'll be on the charge So, sheet. if you want to see Dan Malecki... Kidding. You have to be in Hobart on Saturday night. At, at, <laughs> probably the bar at the casino would be... Uh, you don't have to be. You... Just watch the news. Yeah. <laughs>
It's the 11 p.m. Hanging out the back of a divvy van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying it was all Stuart's fault. Uh, we are looking forward to though, Dan, aren't we? And we're going to be um, bringing all the uh, the stars of Tassie Racing to our listeners on Sunday morning on the day of the Hobart Cup and the inevitables going around in the Thomas Line. Yes. So it's going to be huge. Yeah. It will be huge. I was there a couple of years ago and thoroughly enjoyed the day, uh, and I got back in one piece, so I'm safe. I'm more worried about you, Matt. You might have got through King Island, but uh, Hobart's a bit bigger island. You realise, oh, Tassie's a bit bigger island, so be aware. But, uh, look, I'm really looking forward to it. I've got the weekend off after a really busy period uh, of harness racing, um, although I will be at Geelong tomorrow night. But if you're looking at having a couple of bets, and I know one person, Cosy, who will mm. be looking at having a couple of bets, he'll be dagging me, and the only way to shut him up is to give him a couple of tips that will go well and I'm suggesting race three Melton on Saturday night number one Majestic Chick each way and race four number one Namoska who was unlucky again last week and should be good each way odds so my best to race three number one race four number one and I think we'll have the best opportunity to have something on those uh, somewhere around Hobart on Saturday night Matt. Got to say, worked at a couple of the Hobart and Launceston Cup meetings over there in previous years and by gee they support them the Taswegians love their racing Yep. And they get there in their droves. You'll have a great time. No, absolutely. Uh, and it's a double-header too with um, oh, pardon, uh, uh, with the Friday night being the, the, the derby and then mm. the Sunday being the uh, the uh, the big Hobart Cup as well. So there's two meetings in three days there. Last SMS. Keep it up. Keep at him, Matty. We're not letting up until he does it, as in until Dan Malecki calls him Ravo. Uh, so the <laughs> pressure's on uh, Dan, and that was from Glenn. Well, I did. I just did. No, no, in a race, race. call, Dan, we're talking about. Look, the only thing I'm worried about, Ravo, it, it's, it is a bit boganish, isn't it? Like, to put in a race call, I think that horse, if he's going to be that Group 1 horse, I think we need to refer to him well, with a bit of quality. Well, it's not the polo, class. so we can get away with <laughs> it. So, yeah, right. uh, uh, good on you, mate. Uh, look forward to so, and, and cracking the codes, etc. and race day mornings on Saturday morning before we jet down to Hobart. So, looking forward <laughs> to that. See you later, son. Thank you. A few hurdles to get over before uh, getting on that flight. One of them might be finding the, the tickets, Matt, because I can't find them, so that's your job. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, well enjoy... In, in the uh, modern world, one just presents oneself at the airport and goes from there, Dan. So, anyway, we'll work it out. Good on you, mate. It's Thanks half a lot, guys. past 12.